Hello and welcome to the Lines Podcast, episode number seven. My name is Matt Brown, joined as always by some of the brightest minds in all of the gambling industry. Brett Colson, Dustin Galker. Remember, we are now on iTunes. Please subscribe. Please rate. Please review. We like the five stars. We like all of the positive things. And if you really and truly hate this, then uh, yeah, then don't bother. Don't worry about it. Um, it's it's all good. Just uh, just hit us up on Twitter and tell us what you uh, don't like about it, and we'll see if we can go about trying to accommodate you because we are here for you, the listener, Dustin. Um, let's get started here with some quick hits. Of course, we're going to talk about Delaware, uh, in in just a second. We're going to talk about stuff that's going on in New Jersey when we can expect some things going on there. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, a couple of interesting topics that we just saw kind of come up across the industry with some people that certainly have some big voices within the industry. So, uh, we'll get to that as well, but, uh, starting off Dustin, listen, Congress might hold a sports betting hearing this month. This is on LegalSportsReport.com that you can head over there and read the entire story. But why don't you fill everyone in real quick on what that's all about? Details we know are pretty slim right now, but we do know that it's going to, it looks like it's going to happen sometime later this month. Uh, it does not appear it will be in the Senate where Senator Warren Hatch had suggested he's going to be uh, dropping legislation. It's going to be in the House, probably in the House Judiciary Committee and uh, looking like later in the month. So um, we're not sure if anything will really come out of this. This could be a dog and pony show where they're just like, hey, let's talk about sports betting, and uh, and everybody forgets it for two more years. But it does look like that that something's going to happen and uh, happen this month. So. Yes, and then we had some news come out here. Um, it was, I guess, this one is a little bit more rumor than what you had heard with FanDuel, but it looks like DraftKings could possibly be in line here for an acquisition. Yeah, definitely not quite uh, the level of FanDuel, Patty Dar, where we initially reported that DraftKings is being looked at by a, a company called. Kindred Group, which uh, you might be familiar with, the Unibet brand from uh, from Europe, where they they're a sports betting operation, and they're, they're it's part of Kindred Group. Anyway, they're at least they're at least looking at DraftKings. Uh, how likely it is that, that actually comes to fruition, we don't know. It's not a not exactly a huge company that might pay the entire price that DraftKings might be asking. Um, but if that doesn't happen, we do know that DraftKings probably needs to, to raise around. There's some chat that they're already uh, raising some finances to go into the football season and to, to continue with their sports betting operations. So, uh, yeah, lots of watch for DraftKings uh, in the next few months, I think. Yeah, Brad, we were uh, we, we were watching uh, Matt Kalish actually took to Facebook. Their Facebook page did a live chat thing basically let the uh the the viewers type in some questions he answered those one of the things he said in there that they were going to be adding tennis down the line which may be of interest to some people out there i think that's more in line with they were going to have to add tennis to the sports book anyway so you might as well offer it on the dfs side as well uh one of the other things he said in that that really kind of made which really was the only real headline that pulled out of there was uh, he kind of kind of went out there and said the DraftKings he thinks is going to be the number one sports book right out of the gate. Um, you know, you know. Before we uh, give my opinion, what say you on this whole DraftKings being the number one sports book? I think he, I think he might have reason to think that it could be. I mean, I think uh, in terms of brand recognition, brand awareness, DraftKings is probably number one right out of the gate. So why? Why would, I mean, as long as the product is in a place where it needs to be in, in you know, comparison with some of the others in New Jersey, I, I don't see any reason why it couldn't be number one. Yeah, Dustin, you and I chatted a little bit about this. I mean, one of the things that, you know, could be a huge 
um, either plus or barrier here for them is how how the app situation would actually work for DraftKings because as we know they've got you know several years head start on a lot of these people in various states because they have had the DFS product out there so there are a lot of people out there with the DraftKings app with the DK Live app different things like that on their phone so if they were able to basically just integrate sports betting into that app that's that's a huge bonus. That's obviously a big, big leg up. That being said, you and I kind of went back and forth with, with different reasons why we think that that's probably not going to be the case. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack in DraftKings getting into sports betting. Number one, DFS and sports betting exist as different products in a regulatory sense where um, we're not sure they can have uh, a common wallet where you can just say, yeah, I'm playing on DFS with this money and also sports betting. Not sure whether they can actually do that. We also don't know, like you said, whether the app will be seamless, whether you can just go onto DraftKings, it'll upload, oh, suddenly there's a sports book on there. Or do you have to go over here and then uh, 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 to download the, the DK Sportsbook app, which is then not quite as useful as already having the DFS app. So there's a lot of questions. We also have no idea what the sports betting product even looks like. They haven't uh, said anything about that publicly, about what's gonna, what, how it's going to act, what it's going to be, who's doing it. So uh, I kind of want to, till we, till we say, hey, number one, DraftKings, I kind of like to see what this, what their sports betting product actually is and whether it's functional. So. Yeah, I mean, and one of the other things is just the fact that, you know, there's different ages for DFS in some states than there is for, you know, actual real, uh, you know, gambling for sports betting anyway. And, um, you know, that seems to be another thing where, I mean, you know, some states you got to be 19, some states just 20, 21, different things like that. It seems like there's a lot of kind of roadblocks there to it just being a singular app type situation. I know there were a lot of people who were saying, oh, that's definitely what they're going to do. Well, yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, in an ideal scenario, of course that's what they would want to do. But I mean, that's just, it doesn't seem like that's going to be nearly as seamless as all these people are trying to make it out to be. Yeah, I mean, there's so many questions that we have, and hopefully they'll start having answers. Uh, you know, New Jersey might pass its law this week, uh, in which case that starts a timeline where sports betting goes live online in 30 days after that. So then we'll have to see. We'll see if New, if uh, DraftKings is ready on day one, and if if it's if how at all this is going to work. And I also throw out there that DraftKings now live in Australia. For our listeners in Australia, you can now play. DraftKings in Australia. I'm sure everyone's excited. I'm sure they are. They will be playing some World Cup DFS, I imagine. I imagine yes. that will be very popular uh, down there. So... Like getting on to our first like major topic here, obviously, unless you, again, if you're one of those rock people that lives under a rock, and uh, I doubt that you are if you're listening to this podcast, you, on, you know that the first legal sports bet outside of Nevada, P.S., like guys, the, some of these headlines have been completely absurd, but uh, the first legal sports wager outside of Nevada for a single game was made in Delaware. Uh, Dustin made the the comment in chat. I was trying to figure out exactly who the governor was going to bet on. I did my research. I found out that he was born 32 miles outside of Philadelphia, so I figured that his first bet was going to be on the Phillies. I was right there, to which Dustin followed with the Phillies are going to get killed tonight. Uh, they're going to get crushed tonight, he said. Instead, the governor proves to be the sharp, and you prove to be the, 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 the square there, Dustin. How do you feel? Uh, I feel dumb. I mean, I would have bet on the Phillies. If, if I'm putting the first bet down, I'm putting a money on the Phillies too. But there's there's nothing about the Cubs Phillies matchup that I liked from the <laughs> Phillies perspective, from starting pitchers to recent results, and they're on the road. It was it looked like a, a, a sure loser, but uh, 
luckily the first ever legal single game wager outside of Nevada came in and it was on Phillies. Now, Brett, you're a Phillies guy as well. Did you feel good about your Phils going to going to bat last night with the first legal single game bet outside of Nevada? I thought, you know, I was probably the more optimistic than most. I mean, <laughs> our, our boy, our boy Eflin came through on, on the mound. I put up a gem, a six to one victory for the Phillies. Uh, it was great to see and the, governor the governor cash that $10 ticket yeah, yeah got for a $20, $20 winner. So congrats <laughs> to him. But anybody who's listening out there, do not tail the governor's picks. He will only be betting <laughs> Philly teams. He said that yesterday. Yeah, it is uh, definitely one of those things where I looked and I was like, okay, this guy's likely to be a Philadelphia fan. This is how this is all going to play out here. Now we sent one of our guys, Eric Ramsey. Uh, if you followed any of us on Twitter yesterday, you saw we were retweeting him left and right. We sent him down there to take in everything firsthand. And and Brett, you know, uh, some of the, he was there to, 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 to capture when the very first odds actually showed up on the board. He was there, you know, obviously when the, the ticket was placed, got a picture of all those different little things. Um, I know you chatted with him briefly. How how did everything in, in his eyes turn? And we'll try to get him on uh, next week as well to, to get a firsthand perspective. But how did everything kind of turn out there in Delaware? It seems like things went pretty smoothly, at least from my vantage point. I mean, yeah, it would be great to have Eric on, and, and we'd like to get him on next week to, to discuss everything that happened. But uh, – uh, the handle was way more than I expected. 322,000 on day one, according to the lottery director. So, I mean, I, I didn't know exactly what to expect, but that, that sounds pretty good to me. So I think, you know, overall, it was a pretty, pretty big day for the state. Yeah, Dustin, one of the things that came out that was fairly interesting because they had talked to William Hill beforehand and they had said, you know, hey, how are you going to treat this? How are you going to handle this? Are there going to be different lines? Are there going to be different odds? And they're like, no, 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 everything's going to be the same. It'll balance out. You'll have, got, yeah, you'll have the sharp guys who come in and balance out the lines and this, that, and the other. And then the first thing that happens is the futures bet on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl next year came out at about half the odds you could find in <laughs> Vegas and, and half the odds that you can find overseas and things like that at other William Hill books. So uh, right out the gate, they were kind of contradicting what they had said just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, risk management is obviously going to be a state-by-state -state thing, and especially for, for the local teams. Uh, the, the Delaware places are, the Delaware uh, Racinos are really close to Philadelphia, so they're going to have huge exposure to Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, Sixers. So they're not, they're probably, you're probably going to get different numbers, it seems like, uh, there because they don't, they, uh, they're just going to get more money on, on them no matter what the lines uh, look like, I think. And not being facetious when I say that, the uh, lines opened at plus 450 for the Eagles to repeat as Super Bowl champions here in Vegas at the Westgate. You could get them at plus 1,000 at a couple of the other books, plus 800 around here, and even the William Hill book if you were to get on uh, a puddle jumper and hop over to Jolly Ale London. You could uh, you could get it down for nine to one over there at a, at an actual William Hill book. So pretty interesting that there's that big of a difference in how that all goes down. And one of and, the things and really and really though, there's no chance the Eagles are not going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, <laughs> I, I I put down money on any and any number. So I think I think that's smart betting because it doesn't really matter because it's definitely hitting right. So yeah, I yeah. Mean, yeah, it's it's basically I mean, free Trump, money. Trump basically guaranteed it by disinviting them from the, the yeah. It is it's free money, so I I don't blame you on bit for for doing that one of the things that did come out one of the stories that came out there was that there are no technically no betting limits when it comes to to placing a bet at the book there at dover downs but they were calling people over for any wager over a thousand and basically needed to get that approved by 
a manager. Um, I think that again, too, Dustin probably comes down to risk management, and you know, with it being kind of, I'm you know, let's not call it a soft launch, but I mean, let's be for real. This 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 all came together pretty quick here, and I think that they didn't want to look up after a week. And realize that they have, you know, just this massive liability to, you know, a few different teams and stuff out there. So, you know, I know a lot of people are making a big deal about this. To me, I don't really mind so much. Listen, I expected this to be, I expected them to to, to kind of crawl before they, they walked and walk before they ran. So, to me, this seems perfectly normal. What say you? Yeah, I mean, they had the infrastructure in place from the parlay betting, but they only were taking bets on NFL. And you know, they, this is—I mean, obviously, all the te- all, all the people who are involved. We, we have uh, SG Digital, uh, we got Stadium Tech, we have Will Hill doing risk management. So we know these people have all done sports betting. But at the same time, this is day one of uh, of legal sports wagering outside of Nevada in the United States. You want to kind of yeah, you want to take it slow. You want to do it right, and uh, yeah, you know I. You also have, yeah, you don't want to have egg on your face after uh, a little bit. So you want to, you want to. I think uh, I, I agree that I'm not too concerned about the, what they're doing as far as taking limits and, and how they're taking wagers. Now, Brett, we were, we were, you know, you gave us the numbers here, which actually ended up turning out to be pretty well. We have some people um, that, that we chat with regularly that were saying like, oh, look at this. There's no lines. There's no whatever. There's no, th- you know, oh my God, this is this is indicative of how sports betting is going to be across the country here. Um, to which I kind of like get look back at this and say we're talking about a Tuesday afternoon in basically the worst part of the entire sports calendar. I mean, really and truly, there was nothing to bet on yesterday other than baseball uh, th- that you were going to get any sort of immediate gratification. Uh, there was n- no NBA. There was no NHL. Um, for me, it just is one of those things where I think the telltale sign is really going to come whenever we're looking at what the numbers are in football. So whenever August kind of rolls around, when people start really getting hot and heavy into futures betting and, and college is about to start and things like that. But I think judging day one on a Tuesday afternoon when there's nothing but a, a single slate of baseball to bet on just seems a little short-sighted to me. Yeah, of course. And, and as Eric Ramsey uh, pointed out today on Twitter, there was a line uh, at the same time this afternoon when there is a, a big uh, Stanley Cup game on tonight. So, I mean, there there's more interest. Of course, there's going to be more interest on, on days when there are big events going on. And, you know, yesterday, only baseball. If you want to fire a World Cup bet or a future bet, you could do that, too. But, yeah, not not a great day to launch in terms of the, the sports menu. But uh, it's it's going to really it's going to it's going to change once we get closer to football season. Yeah. You know, and I, I live here in Las Vegas. And I mean, this is nothing different than I would see here. I mean, people just by nature are when you when you're time constrained, that's when you actually go and do something. I mean, they're they're not going to place a bet early if they don't have to. It's just the way people are. I mean, you go to a book on a Sunday morning. And the line is is ridiculous, and people, for whatever reason, they, they just wait till the last minute. I mean, I understand there are, you know, subtle line changes and different things like that, and there are going to be people who are shopping for best numbers. But I, you know, that's a smaller percentage than I think people think. It's a lot more casual betters than it is everything else. But it's a time crunch thing. He's like, oh wow, I've only got an hour to do, get this done. I better go do it. And and so, yeah, I mean, for me, there was this this a uh, little bit of a sentiment of doom and gloom. And and Dustin, I mean, uh, I don't know how you feel about this, but. For for me, it's Del one. It's Delaware. I mean, we're talking about a city that's thirty seven thousand people where this uh, you know launched. I mean, thirty seven thousand people on a Tuesday afternoon uh, on a baseball day. So I mean, I don't know. To to me, it just seemed like much ado about nothing. Yeah, and we're also talking no mobile wagering too. Uh, Delaware is just going uh, in its uh, the three casinos. So. 
yeah, until we have like I'm not I'm not getting uh, bent out of shape out of day one in Delaware. It's this is uh, it's first step and, and not the uh, the finish line or even a mature market really. So let's talk about a state that actually does have a ton of people in it. And if you don't know how big New Jersey is as far as population-wise, you should probably hit your old Google machine and check, check it out. Because I actually, before I started paying a ton of attention to New Jersey with the whole gambling market and potential, uh, th- what it could be there, I didn't actually know how many people lived in New Jersey. There's actually quite a few people in New Jersey here. So there's going to be a lot of people who are wondering, Dustin, now... When the hell do I get to bet? So what is going on there? Monmouth Park came out and said they were disappointed that they weren't the first to really get going here. But I mean, come on, it doesn't really matter uh, in, in oh. the grand scheme in the grand scheme of things here. But uh, where do we stand here in in New Jersey? Wait, there's five billion people in New Jersey, right? Is that close? <laughs> well, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, if you read, yeah, if you want to read like the most optimistic things with for every person out there, apparently it's not even okay to do to to speak in hyperbole in two x or three x standards. It's like everybody wants to do it in a hundred x standards. Essentially, it's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, New Jersey. Uh, we're we're taping this on Wednesday afternoon. By the time this comes out, there's actually probably going to be a bill passed in New Jersey. There, uh, the bills moved on Monday through committee hearings, and then they're going to be on the Assembly and Senate floors tomorrow afternoon. Um, The plan is that they're going to pass the same bill, and it'll go to the governor, and then we're not sure exactly what the governor, Phil Murphy, is going to do with it. He's uh, he's intimated that he might might hold them hostage for a little bit or read them, uh, say, I'm going to quote, unquote, read them closer. Um, uh, It could be wrapped into large negotiations about the budget. Uh, So there's there's some moving parts. Uh, I don't think this is going to drag out too long, but we may not see Monmouth Park betting on Friday like they had hoped. Brett, I'm going to give you a pop quiz here that I did not let you prepare for this one bit. So you are going to either sound incredibly smart or you're going to sound incredibly dumb. What what rank out of the 50 states do you think population-wise New Jersey is? Ooh. So you, is have, it, you have a is, 1 in 50 shot of getting this correct. <laughs> oh, wow. I'll say, I'll say 12th. Where are you going with this, Dustin? Oh, I'm sure I know. I'm sure I've looked at graphs of this. I'll say 15. Wow. Right on, right in there, you guys. It is the 11th most populous state in this great country of ours. So, I mean, when you're looking at this, this is no kind of small potatoes when we're talking about New Jersey getting up and going here. Actually, the 11th most populous state. So pretty interesting there. It is above Virginia, Washington, Arizona, and even Massachusetts. So there you go. Um, all right. So let's continue talking here about um, New Jersey with this with this bill that that's been that, that may or may not get passed by the time people listen to this. Dustin, is there anything new in this? Is there anything? Is there any highlights? Is there any notes? Is there anything that people need to know from this or is this kind of still just just status quo moving things along here? Yeah, uh, no integrity fees for the leagues. Leagues are getting pretty much none of what they're asking for in New Jersey, which is not shocking. They're, of course, the ones who uh, sued New Jersey to stop them from having sports betting. So it was funny on Monday, basically, lawmakers are telling the league executives to go pound sand. We don't care what you have to say, which is, which was it was alternately uh, funny. And uh, there the leagues, you could tell, were getting a little disturbed by how they're being treated. So that was funny. Um, the, the one interesting thing is there's a provision that uh, deals with whether – 
uh, casino owners that also uh, own sports teams can operate sports books. This would seemingly uh, count out uh, the Golden Nugget, which is also owned by Tilmer Fertitta, who owns the Houston Rockets and the NBA. And it seems like they're they're going to get shut out unless this bill gets changed between now and when it gets passed. So um, they said they they basically want to disqualify anybody who's who's got uh, a huge ownership in a in a team right now that only affects one uh, casino entity in in uh, New Jersey. But it's this is something that you you know, if you see it happen in New Jersey, you might see it copycat at other other places. So it's a, it's an interesting development. And um, other than that, it's kind of standard. Uh, tax rates are, are kept kind of low. New Jersey's been has gaming and online gaming, and they kind of know what they're doing. So uh, everything else in the bill looks pretty good as far as what we can see. Uh, obviously, proofs in the pudding when it actually gets rolled out and things start happening on the regulatory side. Yeah. So, I mean, look, this is something if you listen to this and you are regulator, because I know we have tons and tons of regulators and lobbyists that listen to this podcast. So, listen, (laughs) this is this is an idiotic thing and this needs to be changed. Um, This is a and and here's the thing is that this isn't like something if they would just turn to Nevada and ask a couple of questions every now and then this wouldn't even be a thing. So obviously we're not talking about Tillman Fertitta, but we're talking about the Fertitta brothers that live here in Las Vegas. They were the owners of the the UFC whenever they own the UFC they also own the station's casinos here in Las Vegas so um, when when they owned the UFC they did not they just didn't book the UFC and that was just all there was to it and that was fine and you could go other places and you could and you could bet on the UFC and whatnot but they, they just didn't they were not allowed to take bets on the UFC because they own the UFC so to shut out a whole casino is just absurd just don't take bets on the Rockets that's fine everything everything's protected at that at that juncture so I mean taking this to the the ultimate extreme is just is really absurd so we need to make sure that this isn't something that can continues to be to, to be spread here um just just make it to where they can't take bets on the rockets and everything's fine yeah was, was, sorry go ahead brett we have to imagine that fertita was blindsided by this right i mean he was commenting last month on being able to capitalize on both ends of legal sports betting both as a owner and or uh, owner of a franchise and casinos yeah, I agree. I don't think I think this is I don't think they expected this at all. I mean, this comes from apparently comes from the Senate president, Steve Sweeney, who, uh, you know, has it in for the leagues to some extent. And I, I don't know if this is just further like, hey, let's let's really get the leagues. Let's 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 shut out the NBA. Or, I mean, I don't know if that's the case or not, but it definitely it definitely came as a surprise. Gold Nugget, I, I, I can imagine, is not at all happy with these developments and they, they're going to be at disadvantage if they can't have a sports book. So uh, definitely interesting to see if it gets worked out. Uh, there's a chance it gets worked out between now and then but there's also a real chance that it doesn't so before we get off of new jersey here definitely need to go to uh are basically our Orrin hatch moment of the week and that is al Leiter, uh who decided to you know go ahead and he, he wanted to make his thoughts known and then proceeded to give just about the most absurd example of how the game how game integrity could be compromised there is on the face of the planet brett I will I will let you lay the lay this down here and then we'll go to town on it. Yeah, so L Leiter was brought in to uh, testify in this New Jersey committee hearing on Monday and basically spewed a whole load of nonsense about uh, something about baseball pitchers throwing a first ball or strike and friends of pitchers wagering up to $500,000 on whether the pitch is going to be a ball or a strike. Complete nonsense. And 
<laughs> yeah, he he laid it in the way he laid it out, where he was sitting there and he was saying, "He's like, I mean, here's the thing: it's like you can you 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 can you can have a guy on the mound, and then and then like you know he needs to throw a ball, and he's got a buddy who runs to five different places and lays down. Next thing you know, you got half a million dollars laying down on the next pitch being a ball. It's like." What are you talking about? Like, where in what world of fantasy land do you live in? Like, even if you're watching the Jetsons, this is never happening. I mean, like, there's no way in the world it, this could ever, 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 ever take place. This scenario, for one, they don't even take in-game bets on balls and strikes anyway. Now, not that's not to say that that won't happen down the line or something. But one, that's not a thing now anyway. But two, to to try and say that you could get down a half a million dollars <laughs> on a, 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 on whether or not a guy is going to throw a ball or strike. I mean, Dustin, this was this was like this was the moment that we were all like, wow, this is this is the stuff we're going to be listening to for basically the next five years, because yeah, I mean, I, in, in every state, there's going to be an outlier. I mean, yeah, I can tell you from listening to a lot of community committee and legislative hearings over the years that no, nothing very much exciting happens usually. But outliers like five minute, five, ten minute rant <laughs> on on betting was, was was up there in one of my favorite moments. Yeah, the. He's yeah, he's taught like yeah, half a million dollars on a ball. I mean, you think a book, you think a book is taking that bet number one? That's just that's just insane. And he also doesn't seem to know that there's mobile wagering. This isn't even a thing because he's talking about people running around to casinos. Like he he, he intimated that he doesn't know that there's mobile wagering already in Nevada, which just brings up to the question of like, why is this guy being brought in as an expert on sports betting if he doesn't know the first thing about how sports betting actually happens in the in the United States or anywhere else? So right. it's, uh, it was discouraging to hear just absolute nonsense. And he's and he's really passionate. He obviously believes in what he's saying, but he he's just woefully uninformed. And you know, as a person who does live here, where there is live betting and there is live wagering on different things, the limits are incredibly low. Like it, the these books are not. I, he couldn't come. He could not come to Las Vegas and get half a million dollars down on an entire game, much less like a single action prop. Like it is, it is there. He couldn't even do that. So I mean, it's just crazy, crazy, crazy. And like I said, this is. Get ready, guys, because this is like for the next five years of our life. This is what's going to happen. They are going to trot people out there who really sound like they 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 know what they're talking about. And then whatever comes out of their mouth is going to be the complete opposite of that. Now, with Delaware open for business, with New Jersey seemingly open for business very, very soon. Obviously, there are neighbors here in Pennsylvania and New York that are probably going to be feeling the heat, I can only imagine. I mean, we've heard nearly as much come out of New York here where they don't want that money to be, you know, uh, getting on the train and, and heading across the border there over into New Jersey. So, Dustin, where do we stand here with New York? Because I know this is one of those things where if you followed the DFS uh, kind of drama there, we know things can happen quickly in New York. Yeah, New York, uh, I think we said last week, we also we still don't know a whole lot about what exactly is going to happen in New York. They, we do know that they adjourn for good on June 20th. They could adjourn, uh, adjourn even sooner than that, which gives us you know not very much time to pass a sports betting bill. Uh, we just saw the assembly version of, a, of, a, of the bill drop. It's pretty close to the uh, uh, Senate version we saw earlier. So we're pretty close to bills that are, are, are close to being the same. And could they, like, one of them just make a really quick run in one or two days? Absolutely. It, uh, like I don't think even people on the ground in New York have any idea whether this bill is going to move in time. But there's a lot of people who would like it to move. I mean, the leagues especially. This is a, a bill that's pretty good for the leagues. It gives them an, uh, a royalty or an integrity fee. It gives them some control over uh, data rights. It gives them codified ways to work with regulators. So this isn't a total win for them, but this gives them something they can point to. It's like, hey – 
look at New York. New York did this stuff. It's good for us. It's what we want. Um, so I think you're going to see lobbying from everybody to try to get this to the finish line, gaming uh, and and the leagues, and whether it results in in actual in something actually happening remains to be seen. But uh, you know, I I don't know if I could handicap it. Still, maybe a coin flip. But uh, I, you know, there's pressure to get it done for sure. Yeah, and I'm, Brett, I mean, this is one of those things where it's a you know, it's a pretty real threat, right? This isn't like in, this isn't necessarily in like Nevada, where if you're sitting in Las Vegas, I mean, there's not another major city um, anywhere close, right? I mean, yeah, we do have people come over from LA and bet, and we do have people come up from Phoenix and bet and things like that. But I mean, we're talking multiple hour drives to to get over here and do things and whatnot so really you're having to make a a trip out of it you're having to make a weekend out of it it's not really a day trip type situation but when you're talking you know new york and new jersey or 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 pennsylvania and new jersey and things like that i mean it's a it is a real threat i mean someone can hop on a train someone could 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 go and make a a a trip and be back home and, and watch the game that night yeah, one of Val Letter's buddies could just drive right across the bridge and make <laughs> several bad. I mean, it's right there. You know, New York City is right across the bridge from uh, from New Jersey. So, yeah, this is a, this is a big deal. A lot of money could be at stake here if if New York doesn't get things done by by the end of next year. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's it's football season's right around the corner, and I know we keep talking about that, but I mean, it really is when this is going to to crank up. I mean, people feel like in general, people feel like they know more about football. Um, in general, it's also easier to bet because it only happens once a week. You don't have to kind of, you know, know what's going on every single day. You don't have to know the what pitcher's going up against what pitcher, different things like that. Like football just in general is a much more better friendly game. And so, I mean, things are going to really, really amp up here uh, come August. Now, Dustin, Pennsylvania is an interesting it's an interesting case here. I mean, Joe Asher, who's the CEO of William Hill, who also we hope to to get on this podcast here in the in the coming weeks, uh, basically said, you know, if you're paying ten million up front for the privilege of paying, you know, this is obviously in sarcastic font here. If you're paying ten million up front for the privilege of paying forty one percent tax, uh, you know, plus the infrastructure cost, it's difficult for me to see how you make money in Pennsylvania. So with the way things are structured right now, even though, you know, we 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 know that it, it could be a go in in you know in short order, um, whenever we're talking from political terms here, um, is it really something that people are gonna jump feet first into here strictly based off of just the the, the math here? Look, he's right. It's uh, it's going to be either you know a very slim margin, making no money, or a lost leader. The way the way it's structured right now, I don't. I agree with him. I don't see how you make money with those numbers, or at least not anytime in the real real near future. So, yeah, it's uh, it's weird. It's all it's all coming together where Pennsylvania doesn't look great to go into. But at the same time, this is this is new market. I, I, I mean, I feel like people are going to do it. There's 12 casinos already in Pennsylvania, 13th license on the way. Somebody's going to pop. You know, drop the money and try and see what what happens. Like it's it's I, I find it hard to believe that nobody at all is going to do it in Pennsylvania. Now, might somebody do at, do it and like just not make money at it? That's very possible. But um, but it's it's also we also talk about it that sports betting is an amenity. This is something like if you if you lose money on it, maybe that's not the worst thing. You get people you get butts in the seats, you get people playing other table games, slots, going to restaurants, buying hotel rooms. Um, I I see I I feel like 
people are going to take a chance on it, even as bad as as the market could be in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a one of those scenarios where it's much better for, you know, like an MGM who runs their own book as it is for a William Hill who's going to be partnering with people. Because if you're an MGM, yeah, just getting people in the door, like you're making money. If you can get it, it, the way these casinos function, you know, I mean, listen, there's a reason why you get that two for one buffet coupon. There's a reason why you get all those things because they just want you in the door and they know once you get in the door, you are making you know, you're going to make money off of this person. I can see why a guy like William Hill, who isn't going to be the actual casino owner and doesn't necessarily benefit directly from just getting, you know, asses in the seats where maybe he makes these comments to say like, Hey guys, like this isn't, this isn't so great for someone like me. Yeah, totally agree that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's better for the casinos than the people who are coming in to help with the sports betting because they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're looking at, yeah, we're trying to make money on this, on this one <laughs> product and yeah, they're not, they don't get that advantage from everything else. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. Us dropping the, you know, the, we walk by the amazing looking, um, you know, animal house, uh, slot machine or whatever. And then it was just like, yeah, I mean, they, this is an aside here. They put a slot machine bank in one of the casinos here in Vegas. It basically was the most amazing trio of slot machines. It basically just screamed my name from across the casino. It was (laughs) all three of them next to each other. And it was animal house. And then it was old school. And then right next to that was the Simpsons. And I was like, wow, I mean, like, this is really and truly like they were just calling someone my age of my demographic. I mean, they it's it's just amazing how they know exactly how to lay these things out. Because it's like if someone is going to be into old school, they're likely going to be into Animal House as well. And probably the Simpsons as well. We've got you pegged to exactly who you are. Matt Brown, come sit down and blow a couple hundred bucks. And like it's like they know exactly what's going on with those situations. Um, so we have a big voice in the DFS world. His name's Dan Bach, um, works for, for Roto grinders, does a free podcast and it's a good podcast. He covers, um, well, he does do some picks and stuff, but he's one of the few guys outside of the, you know, this podcast that you're listening to here that actually covers some of the things and industry things that go on, uh, with the different, with the different sites and the news and the whatnots. And, uh, has really good takes and really good, you know, been in the game, uh, a long time. One of the things he brought up on a on a recent podcast, and we wanted to talk about it here because uh, it was it was interesting, and we want to talk about some interesting things as far as the gambling industry as well. And that is that you know whenever this all went down and there was the big you know basically uh, regulation push here for DFS, one of the concessions they made was to get rid of college DFS and CAA DFS, which was a thing before that. Um, and I get it. Look, they're amateur, they're, they're, they're amateurs. And so it's just easy to kind of play off. Okay. They're amateurs, whatever. I mean, we could get into the nuance of how DFS isn't predicated on throwing things. And so you can't, you would never be able to pay off someone to do things and whatever. Cause like, that's just not how the scoring goes in DFS, but that's neither here nor there. Um, what Dan said is he thinks that it's time for, for the sites to bring back collegiate DFS. Now, Brad, I know, um, you know, you played it back in the day. Um, you are still an active DFS player. Um, now my first take on this was, I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze, but what say you on maybe these sites looking at bringing back, say like a college football DFS game? Yeah, I mean, looking back at some of the big contests three years ago before this was all uh, taken off the menu, uh, DraftKings typically ran uh, some $100,000 guaranteed contests, uh, $3 buy-in, $27 buy-in. Those were the big contests available for your casual DFS player. So college football DFS was certainly more of a niche product, uh, significantly smaller than pro football 
three years ago. Uh, it would probably be bigger now as the industry has matured a little bit more, but it would probably rank below your NHL, your PGA Tour in handle, maybe even NASCAR, as that has grown significantly. So, you know, the site's dropping it. While it did upset quite a few players, it wasn't big enough to really start a battle with the NCAA and, and risk losing a few states that wanted to ban on college sports. And I don't see them wanting to have that fight again. It, I just don't think it's worth it. Now, Dustin, you know, we're looking at it from the kind of game sizing type of thing. How many players are there really that are that are really wanting this? Like how much, how big could this actually be for the sites? But um, from a from a legal standpoint, you even kind of have a view that maybe the juice isn't worth the squeeze just because there's there's still some outstanding things out there. Yeah, I mean, number one, we have uh, just under 20 states that have, per, that have prohibited college contests at all uh, with DFS laws. So you're starting with like half the universe of states you had even back in the salad days of DFS when when you when you had the hundred thousand dollar contest for college. So um, so we're talking like a universe of I think it's about 20 states where you'd have college DFS if you ring fenced off the states where it, where it's it's illegal to run those contests. Now, granted, those are some of the bigger states. We're talking uh, Texas and Florida. And California for DraftKings, those are big states. Um, but yeah, that's 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 one question. You'd you'd have a, a limited universe to 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 market these contests to. And there's also an active uh, legal case in which DraftKings and FanDuel have uh, with uh, with some college players about them using their statistics. So like I don't see in the middle of that it's like, hey, this is a good idea to bring back college DFS. I, I guess I don't see that as a great idea. Um, and then, but going back to the game aspect that you guys were getting to, like. I do see in today's world where they have the showdown product where it's single game contest. You have big game, one game college football, and you're like have two big SEC schools. I mean, that would be a that could be a big draw. You pick up you pick players from that game. You might have you you have a, a potentially a really big following in a couple states, and uh, you know I could see that product working. But for all the other reasons, I guess I do find it kind of unlikely that they're going to bring it back this year or even in the near future. Yeah, and I guess one of the things that um, I kind of looked at as well with this is with both of the you know the big two, we'll call it with DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, with them obviously both being very interested in moving into the the sports betting the legal regulated sports betting market here in the United States, I mean, we know having politicians on your side is a good thing. Having politicians that are friendly to you is a good thing. Um, always having those uh, those people open to your suggestions and ideas and everything is a good thing. I can't imagine doing anything. I mean, it seems like an unnecessary way to piss these guys off because, I mean, yeah, you could sit there and try to explain the nuance of a DFS contest and that people only accrue points for doing good things. So, like, you can't, you, you know, you can't, you wouldn't be able to pay off a, a college player to help you win a college DFS contest because there's no negative points. Like, the guy can't do that i mean it's just not the way that the function of the game works but you know these people aren't going to get it we've seen you know we're talking about the alider thing we're talking about all this stuff like getting the nuance and the strategy and and how this actually all plays out we can't confidently say that any of these people are really going to understand that at all so i mean outside of just saying like hey we want to start doing collegiate contests again this just seems like kind of an unnecessary way to to piss off politicians 
Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I just don't, I just don't see like, like, what are there people who would love to see these come back? Absolutely. Is it, are they fun? Uh, was it another way to pass uh, Saturday afternoons in, in, during college football season? Absolutely. But it's a, it's a tough sell. You're already, you're already going up with, against so many different things to bring back what's, what was already a niche product to bring it back today in today's landscape when you're focusing on sports betting. Yeah, I, I guess I just don't see college DFS being where anybody's going to spend the, a lot of resources to, to bring it back. And to close the to close the show out today, uh, another interesting kind of conversation that was going on on the Twitter machine between people who uh, we consider to be pretty smart and definitely consider to be uh, incredibly smart, maybe the smartest person we know, and that is, may or may not be because he is our boss. But Chris Grove um, was uh, part of a Twitter conversation, just basically talking about the future of sports betting. And there were several people that chimed in. David Purdom from ESPN. Several other people were kind of giving their opinions on things. And one of the things that that was brought up and it just kind of piqued my interest and I certainly want to talk to you guys because we're all varying levels of gamblers and sports bettors and different things like that so I'm actually really curious as to your opinion on this but one of the things Chris said in the deal was that bet on things uh, bets on things other than outcomes uh, you know 90% of the handle by 2023 of course he's just spitballing here this isn't you know Chris does like where he does you know tens and hundreds of hours of research and, and gives you like reports and things whatever he was just spitballing here um, just kind of like throwing something out there but basically even if it's not 90% of handle he feels regardless even if it's 60% even if you know whatever uh, that the majority are going to be you know not people betting sides and totals and things like that that is going to be kind of the exotics and the uh, in the end game stuff that's that's going on here uh brett let's start with you i mean obviously uh this is something that when i saw it kind of took me aback here but i'm interested in in your angle on that yeah i don't think uh i don't think he's wrong looking at the generation coming up and the improved technologies that are available to us with the the in-game betting and the in-play betting that could absolutely be the case i and i think that's it's where some of these DraftKings and Fandles will be able to integrate more of a DFS uh, hybrid with sports betting as well. I, I think there are a lot of cool possibilities uh, with with some of these sports betting options uh, in the years ahead. Yeah, Dustin. So, what do you think here? I mean, I mean, uh, you know, again, we're spitballing the number, but like just for the sake of, of saying here, you know, let, let's ninety percent of handle by twenty twenty three is what Chris said in in the thread. Um, do you think, do you just see uh, the, the end game angle here just absolutely exploding? Yeah, I'll, I'll press this. Yeah, I agree. Chris is the smartest person I know. And <laughs> I, if, I, if, I, if I say, if I say he's wrong, I'll probably be wrong. I think that's every time I thought he's wrong, he's been right in my, in, in the time I've known him. But I, I mean, if we're talking, uh, Apart from that, we're talking only pregame versus in-game. I think we're, I think we're getting close to that. I don't think, I think in-game betting, if you have that functionality uh, on mobile and online where you can get outcomes on in-game, if we include that in, in lumping that in, I think we're getting closer to that. Rather, it's like like Brett said, the technology. We know from Europe that this technology, the technology has been uh, and the and the markets matured. That this is something that goes on, and it's a lot. Of, a lot of handle comes from in-game and not just from pre-game. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if I. I don't agree with other outcome other than outcomes i think i think that's a bit aggressive and then we're talking a pretty narrow time frame of 2023 five five years from now as we're sitting here so i'll disagree with chris i'm sure you also <laughs> disagree with 
but uh, I, I'll caution that we might end up with an egg on our face. Yeah, I mean, I guess the first thing that jumped out when I read it um, is just the fact that I think for this to happen, we would have to have a really, really wide adoption of mobile and 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 online um, betting in uh, in all these states rolling out. And, you know, that very well may happen by 2023. Um, but again, it's one of those things where if you don't have that, then, I mean, you're basically drawing dead on something like this, right? So, I mean, you would need you would need some of the 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 really major states out there to be all on board with with going with the the mobile and online betting aspect of all this, because really and truly, that's the only way that you're going to be able to get this. Honestly, the technology has to get better. Um, you know, as someone who who does do this uh, fairly regularly, I mean. Um, they're still it's still not as it's still not where you would think it would be. I mean, like, again, so we're, we're going to talk about needing some some real upgrades from the techno- technological side of of things as well. I don't to me, I think that um, I, I would almost like cut this number in ha- uh, nearly in half. I would say like probably half um, would be my more my guess uh, on outcomes. I just think people are always going to feel like they are able to handicap games and things like that. And also. Uh, the adoption of uh, the adoption of in-game for the casual better, I don't exactly know how quickly that will take place. Um, it's kind of intimidating, to be honest with you. If you don't know what you're doing, these lines are popping up all over the place and they're going crazy and you're wondering why the hell the, the, the spread just changed half a point and then it changed a whole point and then the money line just changed. And literally it's happening with you know each couple of plays that's going on within a game. Um, I think it's just a... A much easier feeling to walk up there before a game, place a bet. It's much easier to feel like you're placing a $500 bet than when you're placing a $500 bet while a game is still going or something like that. So for me, I don't know. I think it. Uh, I think it's. I think it's pretty high. I, I got to be honest. I think it's pretty high. But uh, I could be wrong. And like you said, Chris is very very smart, so I probably am wrong. Yeah, I don't. I, who knows? We're talking about the future, and yeah, it definitely it depends on mobile rollout. If I mean, most of the states we're talking about are going to have mobile. It depends on how regulators deal with it. If they kind of, if they kind of, uh, you know, put them in handcuffs, what how how good everything can be. Like if you if you take the reins off and say go for it, mobile. Like uh, you have you have. For, if it's like Europe, then I think we're getting closer. But yeah, Nevada, it's obviously kind of limited what what you can do. And uh, but we see what we've seen in the European game is is just absolutely blown up. And there's 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 definitely potential there. But uh, story's far from written. Yeah. Well, what's what's the breakdown in Europe right now? Do we know? I mean, it, it, not on not on outcomes. I mean, in game is a is a lot. It's uh, I'm not sure I have the percentage in front of me, but it's I mean, it's I think it's. I want to say half. I, I'll probably be wrong when I go look it up after this, but it, it's a lot uh, as far as in-game versus pre-game. So. Yeah, I wonder if that has anything to do, and this is maybe this will be something we'll research and talk about on the podcast. I wonder if that's because soccer is so popular over there and like you can be watching a soccer game and really it's not like based on plays and different things. So you can kind of see how the feel of a game is going and maybe there's a lot of people who – Ah, uh, the team looks like shit today. So, like, I'm, you know, like, I, I, it's easier, kind of, like, to get in and, and get things going and stuff like that. I wonder if soccer has anything to do with that. Oh, absolutely, soccer has something to do with that. I mean, if yeah. you're watching a game and you're like seeing the flow of the game, and you're, I mean, you have, an, you have people, uh, you know, monitoring the lines on the on the bookmaking side and and and, and judging the game and, and posting new live odds. But if you're watching and you see teams in attacking third, you see something you like, and you could you could like literally be watching it and say, hey, I like this. I like I like uh. 
them to score a goal here soon yeah. and like their odds right now i mean that's 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 why and soccer is a a more engaging product because uh you know like obviously you know none of us are, are huge soccer fans i don't think i won't speak for brett i'm not sure but soccer as a betting product makes a lot of sense in game oh absolutely i think it's probably one of those that it could get the biggest boost uh here in the states for sure because it's one of those things where um, you know, you're you're watching not a lot of scoring, not a lot of whatever. Like you said, you you can be watching and you can feel as you're watching a soccer game, kind of how momentum's going, and different things. And I think there'll be a lot of people who kind of really react uh, to those things. Now, Brett, um, as we close things out here, are you going to be making the trip down to Delaware to place a futures bet on the Bills this year? Are you going to like go and for the, to the Bills to win the Super Bowl? Uh, can I get a thousand to one odds? <laughs> <laughs> you're probably you're, not. You're not 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 feeling too confident on your boys this year, huh? I think I saw that they were the lowest. They like 125 to one. They're the worst odds to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> they just made the playoffs. <laughs> I, I, I I understand though. It is it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a rough year for the Bills. Yeah, it is. Uh, one of the tortured uh, one of the tortured Bills fans is Brett. One of the riding on high Eagles fans is Dustin, and I am a, a Saints fan. That uh, we had the the worst tackle attempt in the history of the NFL that led to us not moving on and possibly going to uh, a Super Bowl there. So that was very interesting. We'll see how things play out here. But guys, it's been fun. We hit that 45-minute mark, which we're looking for here. Hopefully you guys enjoyed everything that's going on here. If you want to follow us on the Twitter machine, at Dustin Galker, at Brett Colson, at Matt Brown M2. Of course, you can follow all of the sites and everything like that as well. Be sure and do that. And uh, like we said, please rate, review, leave a, you know, leave some, some stars and subscribe and all the different things like that because uh, uh, more than anything, it just makes us feel good. So uh, thanks for that. Uh, For Dustin, for Brad, I'm Matt. We'll see you guys next week.